something is happening to the animals. They are all nervous and restless. Where is father? In the house. He said God told us to board the ark. Shem isn't here. He went to the village. Someone has to go get him. Nala said as she gripped Japheth's arm. Please, find him. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, we'll hear chapter 46 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. It's a very special chapter, and so a little later we'll head to Jenny's Corner to hear from author Jenny Cody on just how she deals with the tougher realities of telling a, well, a true story. Well, let's dive into today's episode with Max and Liz. Let's dive into the episode? Yeah. That's how you thought you had to start this one off, then, eh? Um, yeah. Monsieur, do you know what today's chapter is? Yeah, it's chapter 46. Have you been off this week? Well, I I did have a lot going on. Did you miss the memo? What memo? So you weren't at the production meeting on Thursday. There was a production meeting? You have no idea what chapter this is, do you? Do you not read your emails? We? I mean, mean, well, yes. I mean, most of them. Well, lad, you sure missed the boat this week. Max, did you just say missed the boat? Ah! I did! Ah, sorry, lass! Me bad, me bad, me bad! Ah, the announcer lad be rubbing off on me then! Oh, okay, stop. Okay, well, let's see. Dive in. Miss the boat. Oh, no. Now I know. Ah, the lights have come on! Uh, but nobody's home. That was on me. I I apologize. This is a very serious chapter, and and I guess I was trying to keep things light. Well, we are supposed to be the light in the darkness, eh? Uh, you are forgiven. Thank you, Liz. Thanks thanks for the grace. Oui, monsieur. In fact, this episode be about when the actual flood started up. Twas a day like no other. So, we are bringing Miss Jenny in special today before the episode. We are? Aye. We covered that in the production meeting. Oh. Uh, Miss Jenny? Liz, I understand you have a pretty serious question for me this time. Uh, we. Oui. Uh, today's episode depicts an extraordinary event, and is straight from the scriptures, from the Maker's word. So, how do you handle the fierce reality of this story? Aye, without it becoming too much for the wee lads and lasses. You know, it's real important to me when I cover a tough thing that happened in scripture, to not sugarcoat it. You know, I want to show you exactly what happened just as the Bible writers did. You know, they portray some harsh moments where God's wrath came down after warning the humans over and over and over. You know, God's plan was never to harm us. His plan was always for our good. But because he loved us so very much, he gave humans free will to choose to obey him or to choose to reject him and go their own way. And today we'll hear from both kinds of people. Chapter 46, The Flood. Max's short legs took him lightning fast down the corridor. He heard the animals shouting. 
nervous with the mysterious vibrations, asking what was happening. Pairs of animals held on to each other, looking around for an explanation for what they were feeling. Upendo was about to have a heart attack. I feel like I'm going to fall. What's shaking me? He asked Chipo. But the female giraffe had no answer for her frightened mate. Every animal on board was nervous. Strangely enough, the humans were unaffected. Max ran past Ham and Japheth as they brought a final load of supplies into the storage area. What's up with the animals? They seem on edge about something, remarked Ham. Look at the little dog. Something's got him spooked. I don't know. Nothing is happening that I can see. We better let Father and the others know, Japheth replied. Max made it back to his stall and found Kate, Liz, and Al relieved to see him. Krynan and Bethu flew in and landed on the railing, calling, There you are, laddie. We wondered if you got lost. Oh, Max, I'm so happy you're back. Are you okay? Kate asked as she rushed over to greet Max. Aye, lass. I had a bit of a hard night, but I'll tell you about it later. Something's happening now that we need to figure out. Liz, what do you think is causing the vibrations? Max asked, panting from running down the ark. Uh, I've been studying the animals all along the corridor, and each one seems affected by the vibrations. But objects in the ark itself are motionless. So these vibrations must be coming from deep inside the earth for we animals to feel them. Liz replied, Did you notice the humans, Max? Are they aware of these vibrations? I heard them talking, and they're wondering why we animals are nervous. I don't think they feel it, Max answered. Hmm, Liz said as she thought a minute. There is a phenomenon called an earthquake that may be causing this. We are in a part of the world where these happen quite frequently. An earthquake? How bad does it get? Asked Al, feeling nervous but trying to be brave. Well, an earthquake can be very small or very big, depending on uh, what is happening deep in the earth. We will have to wait and see if this is indeed the cause of the vibrations, Liz explained, trying to reassure Al and the others. But aren't we safe here on the ark? Asked Kate. She looked worried, but tried to remain hopeful about the situation. It would not be logical for the Maker to call animals from around the world to come to the Ark only to have them harmed by an earthquake. We, Kate, you must be right. We will be safe here. Liz said reassuringly, drawing the series of events to a logical conclusion. She hoped her logic would prove true. Noah it is time to board the Ark. Get your family inside, quickly. Noah's body quaked with a sense of urgency as he heard God speak to him. He got up immediately from the table and called to his family. Ada, Mabir, Lily, Nala! Girls, hurry, we must get to the Ark, he shouted. Nala, where is Shem? He said, walking into the room where the women packed their few remaining items. I haven't seen him in a while. He said he was going to the village for some rope. He said something about needing it for the door. What's happening? Nala responded anxiously. 
God just told me that we must board the ark. Things are getting ready to unfold, said Noah, his hand on Ada's arm, urging her to get going. Don't worry. You four get to the ark. We'll find Shem. Now go. Hurry. The women gathered up their woven baskets and ran to the ramp of the ark. Ham and Japheth met them coming in the other direction. Something is happening to the animals. They are all nervous and restless. Where is father? Japheth asked the women. He's in the house. He said God told us to board the ark. Ada replied, concern on her face. Shem isn't here. He went to the village. Someone has to go get him, Nala said as she gripped Japheth's arm. Please, find him. We will, Nala. Don't worry, Japheth said, looking Nala in the eye with confidence. You women get inside the ark. We'll be right behind you, Ham said, putting his hand on Maybeer's shoulder. And don't be afraid. Maybeer touched his hand. Her eyes were full of fear. Lily put her arm around Nala's waist. Come on, Nala. Let's go. Shem will be here. You'll see. Nala sluggishly agreed, looking back over her shoulder as she walked with the women up the ramp, hoping to see Shem coming up the road toward the ark. When Ham and Japheth reached the house, Noah met them outside, wrapping his clay tablet in a piece of cloth. Father, the animals are all nervous. They know something is happening. Nala said it's time to board the ark, but Shem went to the village. We've got to go find him, Ham said urgently, worried for his brother. Noah had prayed for wisdom to know what to do. God said to board the ark now. If they went to look for Shem, no telling what that could mean if they were not where they should be when God acted. But they couldn't leave him alone outside the ark. Ham, go get the stallion. Ride into the village at top speed and find Shem. You must not stay long. We have to board the ark quickly, so you must hurry back. We'll pray that Shem will be nearby so you can bring him back. Hurry, go, Noah instructed. Ham ran as fast as he could back to the ark and down to the lower level to the horses. Giorgio and Pauline were shuffling their feet, nervously pawing at the floor and snorting. Ham entered the stall and placed a guide rope around Giorgio's neck. He looked at the tall, strong stallion and pleaded, Come on, boy. I need to ride you quickly into the village to get my brother. I need you to be swift. Our lives depend on it. Giorgio looked at Pauline for a brief instant and then back at Ham. He stood still while Ham climbed up on the railing to get over onto the horse's back. Ham gently squeezed Giorgio's side with his feet. Let's go, boy. When they reached the exit ramp, Ham leaned over and spoke in the horse's ear. Okay, now run like the wind. Giorgio neighed and took off running down the ramp to the road, kicking up dust behind him. Noah and Japheth watched as Ham rode toward the village. Oh God, please help Ham find Shem in time. Noah silently prayed as he and Japheth made their way to the ark. Up above them, the fire cloud started swirling in the sky. Avi was tired of this wedding party. It had gone on for three days now, and he just wanted to go home. This wedding was for his new wife's sister, and followed on the tales of his own wedding. Avi was sick of the celebrating. He wanted to rest. 
Come on, Zena, let's go. I'm tired of all this. I just want to go to our home and be with you, Avi said, pulling on his new wife's arm. She would have none of it. No, I'm not ready to leave. My sister and I are new brides and we have a lot to celebrate. Don't be such a bore, Zena replied, obviously caught up in the festivities. Avi dropped his hand from her arm as she walked away toward her sister, who was laughing and talking a mile a minute. Avi breathed out a heavy sigh and decided to step outside for some air. He couldn't stand it in there anymore. He went out into the garden and sat on a low stone wall. It was much quieter outside. He shut his eyes for a moment of solitude. But then he heard a horse galloping down the road and a man shouting, Avi silently fumed, Can't I just have a minute of peace? I must see what is happening outside. I will go to the upper deck. If you wish, you may join me, mes amis, Liz said as she walked out of their stall. Al followed right on her heels. He didn't want to be apart from Liz at a time like this. Kate and Max decided to follow, so the four animals walked down the corridor to the upper ramp. Krynan and Bethu flew along above them. Max, help us! What is happening? shouted the animals as Max strode by. They wanted the hero to offer some kind of explanation. They wanted to feel safe. Max didn't know what to say. He was just as nervous inside, but he didn't let it show. Just tell them to remain calm and stay in their stalls, Liz hoarsely whispered to Max. Aye. Uh, listen up, everyone. Just remain calm. There's nothing to fear. Just stay in your stalls while we check on things, Max said with his loud Scottish brogue. He repeated the instructions up and down the corridor, appearing brave and in charge. It helped the animals to know Max was on the case. Liz led them to the upper deck and up to the row of windows so they could get a good look outside. The windows ran along the entire roof line of the ark, 18 inches from the top. Lass, why don't we just look out the front door then? Crinan asked as the animals jumped up on some crates to see out the windows. The main door of the ark only gives the view in one direction. I wish to view the entire perimeter of the ark, Liz explained, looking out the window. Aye, I understand. So what do you see then? Max asked looking but not noticing anything out of the ordinary. All looked calm in the village below. Liz didn't reply but kept gazing out the window. Finally, jumping up, she began to walk along a skinny railing on the window ledge. She was so petite that she could easily maneuver the narrow ledge on her dainty paws. She wanted a more complete view, and this ledge went along the entire length of the ark. Al, Max, and Kate stayed behind because they couldn't fit on the narrow railing. We'll just wait here, me love, Al called as Liz walked away. Crinan and Bethu flapped their wings as they perched on the window ledge. The friends looked out the window and tried to find anything out of the ordinary that would explain the vibrations they felt. The group hoped Liz would find an explanation soon. Sham! Sham! Where are you? Answer me! Ham shouted as he and Giorgio galloped down the main road in town. One woman threw a bucket of dirty water out the window of her house, narrowly missing him. 
Some men were running down the street with an angry merchant screaming after them. Giorgio's ears went up and he snorted as stone jars crashed in a house nearby. A brawl was underway inside. Ham's heart was racing. He didn't see a sign of Shem anywhere. Where was the rope merchant? Ham had to think. Where did Shem go to buy the rope for the ark? Suddenly he remembered and squeezed his heels into Giorgio's side. Come on, boy! I know where he is! The horse obeyed and picked up his speed as he ran down the dusty road. That should be enough, Shem said as the merchant measured out the rope. The merchant had dark circles under his eyes and deep lines in his face. He had spent much of his life on the sea, and his weathered face held the clues to a life lived hard. Being inland these past few years hadn't softened his skin or his demeanor. The merchant didn't say anything to Shem. He just grunted and took his knife out to cut the rope. He'd charged this son of the crazy ark builder double price. He just wanted him out of his shop and hoped he would never return. Shem heard Ham calling him outside. Shem! Hurry! Shem, startled, looked at the merchant and said, Hang on, I'll be right back. He ran outside to see Ham riding the black stallion toward him. There you are, Shem! Hurry! Climb up! We've got to get back to the ark! Ham shouted, giving Shem a hand to get up on the horse. But I'm just buying the rope we need, Shem said, pointing back at the merchant shop. No time! God told Father we have to enter the ark immediately. Things are getting ready to happen, Shem. The animals are restless. Hurry, just get on. We've got to go, Ham said urgently. Shem looked back at the merchant and then grabbed Ham's arm, pulling himself up onto the back of the horse as they took off down the street. Giorgio now understood the urgency. The maker was getting ready to do something important. They had to be in the ark where it was safe. He picked up the pace and ran faster than he ever had back to the ark. Avi's eyes were now open wide. The stone wall where he sat backed up to the rope merchant's shop. He heard every word that Ham said. He sat up, alarmed. Nala and Mabir stood nervously at the door, holding Noah's arm. Noah's calm presence gave them strength. Steady, girls. They'll be here. Have faith, Noah said firmly. There, down the road. I see the dust from the horse, shouted Japheth from the upper window. He had climbed up high to get a better view. Noah and the girls looked to see Ham and Shem riding toward them. They all sighed with relief. Okay, now, get inside. Get up to the living quarters with Ada and Lily. We'll join you shortly, Noah instructed. Nala and Mabir smiled and hurried inside. Noah smiled as Ham led Giorgio up the ramp. Shem, I'm glad you are safe. Hurry, let's get this horse into his stall and get inside. I feel we don't have a moment to lose. Shem jumped off the back of the horse as the men entered the ark. Ham rode Giorgio down the corridor back to the lower level. I'm sorry, father. I didn't realize, Shem said, feeling bad that he had caused his family such alarm. Father, I know God said to enter the ark. But what about the door? I wanted to buy some rope to complete a pulley system so we could pull the door closed. Ham was in such a hurry that I left the rope behind. How do we close the door? Noah put his hand on Shem's shoulder. 
Never mind the rope. God will help us figure a way. The important thing is that you are here, safe inside. As Noah and Shem shared a moment of gratitude, they felt a jolt that almost knocked them off their feet. The jolt was followed by the sound of wood creaking. They stood, trembling at what they saw. The ramp that led to the ground below was actually the door of the ark. Noah and Shem watched in amazement as the ramp door lifted from the ground and rose toward them by itself. God is shutting us in, Noah said, barely a whisper. Shem looked at Noah, grabbing his arm as he realized that the hand of God was moving the door. He couldn't speak. The door creaked and groaned as it rose, dust flying off it and swirling in the air. Noah and Shem watched as their view of the outside world was cut off. The door came to the top and closed with a powerful thud. At that same exact moment, there was a deafening clap of thunder that shook the entire ark. The animals were all shouting, while the humans were shaken by the jolt. Noah and Shem prepared to make their way to the upper deck, but a blinding light stopped them. The men shielded their eyes from the beam of light that moved all around the edges of the door. God is sealing the door shut. Nothing can enter now, said Noah, holding his hand in front of his eyes as he tried to gaze at the power of God's work. After the light completely sealed the door, it suddenly vanished. Noah and Shem heard explosions in the distance and the sound of something hitting the roof. Hurry, let's get upstairs to the others, Noah urged. He and Shem ran down the corridor, breathless with what was happening. Avi looked up to see the strange fire cloud that had hovered over the ark now spreading like a blanket across the sky above him. It expanded in all directions, growing at a menacing speed. The sky grew dark as the fire cloud grew toward the distant horizon. A chill ran up Avi's spine as the temperature dropped and the wind began to blow. He knew he had to get inside. As Avi ran toward the house, a huge explosion of water erupted right in front of him. A geyser hurled water more than a hundred feet into the air. Avi fell backward from the force, but quickly scrambled to his feet. He had to get to Zena. Another explosion came, this time right under the able. house itself. Walls exploded with jets of water tearing the stones apart as if they were made of straw, and at the same time the roof collapsed down on the people inside. Avi could hear them screaming. Water started pouring from the house, and Avi was swept away by the current. Again he got up, trying to walk against the current, but the force was too strong. There was no way he could make it back to the house. Suddenly, thunder clapped from the heavens and lightning struck from the fire in the center of the cloud. The heavens opened up and a deluge of water fell from the sky. What was happening? Avi panicked as the water carried him further down the road. The village was in chaos. More explosions sounded and geysers of water sprayed into the air. Shem was right. This is God's judgment. I have to get to the ark. Avi's mind swirled as he tried to make sense of it all. He allowed the current to carry him down the road. It was flowing in the direction of the ark.
Al shouted as he and the others viewed what was happening in the village below. The skies turned an ominous dark as the fire cloud spread quickly across the horizon. They saw the lightning repeatedly strike the ground, heard the thunder, and spotted explosions of water bursting throughout the village. Liz came running up behind them. Geysers! The vibrations we've been feeling are not from an earthquake, but from geysers. They are exploding in all directions, not just in the village. Liz saw the look of fear and question on their faces. Geysers come from springs of water deep beneath the surface that explode to expel huge amounts of water into the air. A loud boom of thunder clapped and shook the ark. Max stood behind the others, trying to keep his composure, but his fear of storms was coming to the forefront. Panic was now at a breaking point inside him. He slowly moved back as Liz continued talking. Rain is pouring from the sky. Underground springs are erupting in the earth. It appears that the Maker is causing a flood, Liz said, staring out the window, unable to take her eyes off the scene unfolding in front of them. Krynan and Bethu couldn't believe the expanse of the fire cloud and how angry it looked. Kate and Al stood next to Liz and didn't realize that Max was moving farther behind them. But why a flood? What does it mean? asked Kate, trying to understand. Suddenly it all made sense. The Maker had instructed Noah to build a boat miles from the sea. He had called pairs of animals from around the world to come to the ark. The gravity of what was happening hit Liz. She turned slowly to look at Al and Kate. Do you realize what this means? The Maker is going to destroy all life. He has saved Noah and his family and us. Two of each kind of animal to preserve each species. The reason Noah built an ark was because it could float. Max, did you hear that? Liz says it's going to flood. Uh, Max? Max? Where are you? Kate said, turning around to look for Max. But he was gone. Max had bolted down the corridor. He was running from the thunderstorm, scared out of his wits. Noah and his family stood on the upper deck of the ark, gazing out the window at the scene below. They had built a platform on the upper deck to reach the windows where a roof hatch was located. The roof hatch led to a small observation deck outside. As they stood inside, rain pounded the roof of the ark. The wind blew the rain in on them, but they couldn't step away from the scene. They had never before seen a sight like this. Geysers were erupting, and the sky appeared to be melting with rain. It was terrifying and mesmerizing at the same time. They were witnessing the destruction of the earth. Soon, they heard screams coming from the panicked people in the village. Ada buried her face in Noah's chest. She couldn't bear hearing the people suffer. Noah just held her in his strong arms, saying, Try not to listen. This will be hard to watch. Go to our living quarters and take the girls with you. Ada pulled back from Noah, nodding her head and wiping her eyes. The girls, likewise, 
couldn't bear to watch anymore. They stepped off the platform and headed for their rooms, covering their ears from the sounds that grew louder outside. Some of the villagers were making their way up the road, fighting against the driving rain. A current of water was growing behind them. Noah, Ham, Japheth, and Shem watched as the people cried and fought against the storm to reach the ark. Suddenly Shem saw him. Avi was running up the path, passing everyone in front of him. Shem's heart caught in his chest. He watched as Avi slipped and fell in the mud. Avi quickly got back up and made it to the base of the ark. From their vantage point 45 feet high, they could not see straight down below them to the ground. Shem could no longer see Avi. Shem opened the roof hatch. He had to get outside and see his friend. Shem, stop! Noah yelled as Shem opened the roof hatch and quickly stepped outside onto the observation deck. Shem slammed the roof hatch behind him, yelling that he would be okay. The rain stung his skin like needles and the wind blinded him. Shem held tight to the railing. He made his way to the edge and peered over at the ground below. His heart broke as he saw Avi banging on the door of the ark. Shem! Shem! You were right! I shouldn't have laughed! Please, let me in! I believe now! I believe! Avi cried out as he banged on the door. Shem closed his eyes as tears stung them worse than the rain. He couldn't save Avi. He had tried. Oh, how he had tried! But Avi would not believe him then. Now it was too late. He couldn't bear to watch any more and knew he needed to take cover inside. Soon Avi was joined by others, banging on the door of the ark to get inside, pleading for help. Shem struggled to lift the roof hatch against the wind, but it was Japheth who lifted the hatch and helped his brother climb back inside. Shem fell onto the wooden floor, dripping wet and holding his head, weeping for Avi. He said he believes now, but it's too late. It's too late! Shem got up and ran down the corridor away from the scene and away from the sounds of Avi and the other villagers clamoring to get inside. Let him go, Noah said as Japheth started to go after Shem. The banging soon stopped, and the voices were silenced as the people were swept away in the flood. Together the men watched the terrifying destruction of the village as it disappeared underwater. They felt sick with grief for the people, but they felt relief that they and their loved ones were safe and secure inside the ark. Everything God had said would happen was taking place before their eyes. It had taken 100 years, but it was happening. Exactly as God said it would. As Max and Liz struggle with reliving that overwhelming event, let's go back to Jenny's corner again. Now, as you pointed out, Jenny, God gave us all the freedom to choose to obey him or to go our own way and suffer the consequences. So when you see God's power in action like this, uh, how do you make sense of it all? 
of the things that I love about God that actually makes me feel safe about who God is, is that He is a God of law and order and judgment. And when laws are broken, there are consequences. You know, I think what a mess we would be if we had no consequences to our actions. That's when evil and chaos can kind of run amok and run crazy, right? So we need laws and we need consequences. You know, when parents (laughs) tell you not to do something or you'll get disciplined, well, what are you going to do? You have a choice, right? And it might not seem pleasant at the time if you disobey and you have consequences and are punished. But, you know, there's a scripture that talks about that. And it says, you know, correction isn't pleasant at the time, but later on it's a blessing because you realize that it was for your good and it was to teach you something and to help you become better and stronger in your character. Aye, the Maker wants our character to be the very best it can possibly be. That's because he loves us too much for us to settle for less. And that's a good place to wrap it up there, lad. I. Yes, you. No, I meant we. No, just you. <laughs> oh, now you're just messing with me. Well, anyway, get ready for next time, because as the rainstorm rages outside, inside the ark, all is safe. But all is not well. If you don't believe me, ask Max. Or just tune into our next episode. We'll see you then. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. And as Gilliman would say, Always remember, you're loved and you're able. able.